0: Welcome to The Rural Rockstar, a podcast dedicated to empowering rural women with the tools and inspiration to transform their lives and businesses from the inside out. I share my journey of Survive to Thrive in life and business, and I show what it takes to be an entrepreneur. I also interview other rockstar women from around the world to inspire you to do it too. My mission is to empower the next generation of rural changemakers to show up and be the leaders we need. I'm Katrina, your rockstar host. Let's rock. Hello and welcome back to the Rural Rockstar podcast. I'm your host Katrina Myers and today I'm joined by Julia Grainer. Hello Julia. Hi Katrina,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it's so nice to have you on. So Julia, as you will hear, lives on a farm near Collie Emily. We're going to hear all about her story of how she ended up there and she has a styling business called Crops and Sequins, which I could not love that name more. I I love sequins myself. I'm very obsessed with sequins and sparkles and all of that stuff. So I we've been following each other on Instagram for a little while and just, you know, your name really struck me from the beginning. I thought it was fabulous. And Julia actually got in touch and said, can I come on the podcast? And I was like, yes, please, because I love nothing more than seeing women put themselves out there step up and you know say you know can I do something and I just thought absolutely I would love to share your story of how you got to be you know doing what you're doing and I think what we will hear from Julia is that she's really showing up in such a beautiful way in her business which is relatively new but really stepping up and putting herself out there on social media and I think it's just going to be lovely to hear her story and very inspirational for people who are thinking about getting into something like this or wanting to start something from wherever they are and wanting to start showing up more and how we can all have the confidence to do that. So I'm really looking forward to sharing your story today, Julia. So could you please start by telling us how you ended up in Collie on a farm and doing what you're doing now?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for that introduction. And I have to um, admit as well, I didn't actually grow up in the country at all. And that actually being Australia, I actually grew up in Germany. And when I was 14, we actually moved here as a family. Mum and dad decided to come here. So I can't actually say that I am from the country altogether, but um, absolutely love living out here. So initially, um, when we moved here, we moved to Melbourne. So it's living in the suburbs, grew, grew up, um, went to high school, went to university and actually didn't do styling to start with. I actually became a speech pathologist, loved it. But then um, I always had this creative itch to do something that um, was more in line with the creative side of things, but I was always too afraid to commit to it. Like what would people think? It's not a real job. And so I was really afraid, but um, I don't know, it just came to the point in my life where I was like, you know, (laughs) Whose life am I living? Mm. And so I committed to studying and um, I was still working full time as a speech. And I um, didn't really find myself in the styling world to start with because it was all about runways and that wasn't actually me. It was all about big brands. And yeah, initially I actually um, questioned whether it was the right pathway because um, I helped out on the runways and I saw the, you know, what is actually the ugly side of the. Um, fashion industry as well that you know as a model you're actually a clothes hanger you're not (laughs) really valued as a person which um yeah I struggled with initially to you know commit to it but then actually um how I ended up in the country is because Graham and I met in the Black Summer bushfires as some um, firefighters and um, yeah, it was um, some <laughs> love at first sight and um, him being a farmer, um, I committed to coming out here, it was a very big change, I had never been in the country but, um, you know, initially he was like, you know, it's very isolating and, you know, we did a back and forth for a little while, but um, now left it out here, came to live on a farm and then we actually um, found out that we are pregnant too, which then ended up being a beautiful surprise coming out of the um, bushfire season. But then... Um, that really also hit me because I ended up being on a farm. I really struggled to um, fit in. I moved to the farm just before COVID hit. So I didn't really have a chance to go out and meet people. And being in a very small town and close knit town, too, like I found myself, yeah, not just isolated on the farm, but also isolated socially. So that was a little bit tough. Um, Graham has got a big family. So, you know, they're all lovely and they introduce you. But when you don't really have any friends it's a bit hard Mm -hmm. so that's um yeah that was initially a little bit hard and I I um yeah felt like I didn't fit in because I also felt like you know coming back to the styling I looked at my wardrobe and I felt like I had such a Melbourne wardrobe and it's such a weird thing to say but it's like it's a different life and I just didn't feel like I was fitting in whatsoever. I had really bright and colourful clothes and sequins and it was just like not what people wore around here. So I felt like I stood out and so I sort of started to to change my style, which then ended up being um, quite negative on my mental health because I really lost myself as a person. So my identity basically changed a little bit and I just, yeah, couldn't really see where I was going. I then had Archer and then, you know, the lovely um, motherhood thing came as well. Absolutely loved it. But I just knew that I didn't just want to be Archer's mum. I knew I still wanted to work. I knew I didn't want to go back to the stage. So I was like, this is it. This is your sign to fully commit to the styling. And that's essentially what I did. I went on mat leave and I was like, okay, now's the time. Be creative. And, um, yeah, fully committed to my styling business. and. Um, yeah, having a look back, basically.
0: How oh, exciting. Isn't it so interesting too that so many of us end up uh, after having a child or, you know, children, um, it, it can really bring out that desire to actually follow your true passion because I think sometimes you sort of really value, you value time more, you know, and it makes you really think, well, actually, what do I really want to be doing? And it can be a real catalyst and a real turning point for people to go, Actually, now is the time I have to I have to do something that you know and really that I really love. So, I think that is yeah, it's a it's a common thing that I see for sure. And it's a lovely thing, and in so many ways, it's fantastic, isn't it? Because you wouldn't be doing this otherwise, and you know, I'm sure it's bringing you a lot of joy and making you and you feel a lot more aligned because you're doing the work that you want to be doing in the world. So, which is awesome. So, there's a couple of things that came up for me in what you were saying around actually, and and I. So today I I really want to talk to you about starting your business and doing all of that. But something that I thought about there was the role that fashion plays in our identity and how significant it is in actually expressing ourselves. And it's something that I have sort of struggled with a bit myself because I feel like if I was living in Melbourne, I probably would be wearing, like, sequins. (laughs) I don't know, more, you know, because I love dressing up. I love fashion. I love beautiful things. But you do find, as a woman in the country, that you dress down a bit. Like, I I definitely would, well, you know, I don't know if I should, maybe shouldn't say dressing down, but I dress differently to what I would and maybe don't. And I think I've got better at this because I've grown, you know, and, like, I'm more confident in who I am now. But there's certainly a time when I think a lot of women would struggle with this too is, you know, wearing what you really want to wear, overthinking what you're wearing, um, you know, worrying about what will people think. I mean, I spent years worrying about what people think of what I'm wearing, you know, so... Tell us about that. And is that part of the work that you do now is to support? I see. I know you call yourself a style coach. So is that part of what you do is in helping them build their confidence around what they're wearing as well?
1: A hundred percent. And becoming a mum really aligned myself with the coaching side of things rather than just a stylist. Because, like, you get taught about body shapes and how, how to highlight your assets but when you actually become a mom and your body changes, you actually get it. So before I had like, you know, some sort of concept, but, you know, now looking at my body, you know, you've got the mum tummy and I get it now. Whereas before you just had the theory. And so, you know, with myself struggling with who I was and how to, to fit in, I basically went down significantly with my mental health, but it almost took me to go to the very low point to then go on that path of rediscovery you know who am i actually you know why am i changing for others why do i care so much about what other people think like as as you just said you know why are we trying to fit in when you know there's only the one of us Mm -hmm. we should be proud to um show up as us so that is why i then um end up taking the coaching path because that is what i would like to um teach other women too and what i'm teaching because it is so liberating to just be you and dress like you rather than to think the entire time, oh, what will X, Y, Z think? Because you can't change their thoughts anyway. So why does it matter?
0: Absolutely. And there's so much attached to that, isn't there? Like the judgment stuff and... and... Especially, especially, us, I would say, in rural areas, there's a lot of judgment because there's not a lot of difference, you know. And, like, if you're in Melbourne, like, people are wearing all sorts of, you know, different things all over the place. There's so much diversity in the fashion and the things we wear. But in the country, it's very much that it's, you know, there's a certain sort of culture to the way we dress, you know. So anything outside of that is different. And so it's judged, and I think it's a really interesting thing that it's so related to our, that you're saying as well. Is it's so related to our well-being and how we feel within ourselves and how confident we are, and the way we dress is so related to that? And it's such an, I guess it's a really obvious place that people judge, isn't it? In what we're wearing, like it's a, it's a, it's an very obvious place.
1: visual as well. So you know, obviously people see what you wear, so it's a lot easier to just judge on that. Whereas yeah. obviously if something's on the inside, you you don't see it, so people can't judge them.
0: Yes, exactly. So I love that you're doing this work now to empower women because it's so related to their self-confidence and, and being able to empower women with those tools to feel good in what they're wearing is just incredible. I love it. It's just so good. Such, <laughs> such important work, really, and often I think understated, you know. Some people can see fashion as a bit trivial and, oh, you know, like but actually what you're saying and what we're hearing is that it's so related to a woman being able to express themselves and a man probably, but men less so perhaps. But yeah it's a self-expression in a lot of ways so tell us about then the starting of the business like how did you then you know was it hard to get the courage to put yourself out there in this way tell us about that piece because I think that's a bit that gets people tripped up
1: (laughs) yes and I will say up front it is terrifying putting yourself out there (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Um, there's no denying about that but um, with coming out here I was like no i And I was initially quite scared to um, do the styling here because, as you said, there is a certain culture around dressing here and um, obviously what we've got here, so the next closest shop are two hours away. So we don't actually have shops here. So I was very concerned how it was going to go all together as a concept. But then I was like, no, I'm just going to stick to my guns, you attract the right people or, you know, the people come to you that would like to learn from you. But, yes, it was terrifying, especially in a very small town. Like everybody knows my name before I even know their name because I'm obviously someone from the outside. And then, yeah, putting yourself so visually on Facebook and Instagram is very, very hard. And obviously you put yourself up for judgment too. But what I actually found is people end up saying, like, oh, my God, it's so great what you're doing. Like, you know, this is actually what I wanted to know about and it was actually um quite positive and i think because out here the market isn't as saturated it is a lot easier but yeah initially i was so terrified and you know wasn't even going to pursue it as styling out here because i was so afraid so
0: was it then just really tuning into, I think what I heard you say there was that it's really tuning into like, no, I, I know I really deeply want to do this. Like really coming back to that why and the passion, is that what just got you over the line and actually made you do it, do you think? 100%,
1: just a hundred percent, just sheer determination and just, um, no, nah, I'm sticking to my guns. Yes, because so often we can, unless we've got that
0: really strong sense of why we're doing something, it can, you know, the first sign of fear we can tilt her off and just let that fear overtake us. But, you know, something that I teach women about too is if you've got that really strong sense of why and, you know, the the why and the impact that you're trying to make is bigger than just you, then that's what will keep you going. And, you know, like what we were talking about, for you to be, they're giving women confidence not only just helping them dress better but actually changing the way they feel about themselves and giving them confidence like that's a massive why isn't it
1: absolutely and that is exactly it. it's not just the the dressing the frivolous fashion fast fashion that we're diving into it's actually the person it's the confidence it's you actually smiling you you go into your wardrobe and you're actually happy rather than dreading that you you need to get dressed so, yeah, that, that that really lights me up when someone sends me a message and said, oh, my God, this morning I just got dressed and I didn't um, second guess myself and then I went to town and they actually gave me a compliment.
0: Oh, amazing, amazing. It's so because it does hold a lot of women back, the fear of what to wear and the confidence around that and and just it, it's it's a big, big thing. So I can see why and I'm so glad that you did, you know, push through that fear and actually get it out there. So... Tell us about then, you know, how did you start it and and what does the business look like now? And is it is it the coaching like and and do you just do it locally or is it sort of can anyone come to you for styling advice? Or how does what does the what does it look like?
1: Yeah, so it changed from my initial idea. So initially I thought one-on-one services around here. But then I quickly realised I do have a baby. I can't actually do one-on-one to fill up my calendar. So I was like, no, actually, and the distance is really great around here too, so let's move this online so, A, I can reach more people in terms of distance, but also distance all of a sudden becomes irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So I was really proud to then say, well, actually, my commitment is to my family so I can be there for Archer. That was the whole point of um, taking maternity leave in the first place. But then I was like, no, I don't just want to reach the people around me. I want to reach everyone. And so basically dreaming big and being a little bit terrified of that goal, but just um, putting one step in front of the other, investing in a few courses, um, getting disappointed along the way. Um, and then yet just picking myself back up and feeling a little bit like, oh, what am I doing? Feeling that imposter syndrome that you talk about as well. But then um, the biggest um, investment that I made was um, Heidi Anderson, my business coach. Mm-hmm. And having invested in her was so terrifying because obviously it's a lot of money, but I have not looked back since then and I am so proud of myself since working with her, and what I have achieved and just taking the business to the next level, but obviously it took me that you know, overcoming the money fear that I know you talk about a lot as well to invest in myself and be okay with it. But yeah, you got to invest money to make money, right? Oh, 100%. And that is the old
0: saying. And I I think I made that mistake too for a long time trying to grow my business, just trying to do it yourself and even just doing online courses. And sometimes it is actually when you, well, I would say most of the time, it's like anything, like being being a good athlete, um, learning any new skill, learning to play an instrument. You know, you've got, you need that support. You, You can't be expected to do it by yourself when it's all new. And the other thing that I love about working with the coach too, is you can actually like then they talk about now like calibrating to their energy. So it's not just what you learn from them on a technical level, but you actually in the energy of that person who can show you what's possible. And, you know, you become the five people that you know, don't you? So like if you're in that space, yeah, then it's just so powerful. So and one thing that I love, which I said to you before we came on that I've seen you do and I see you on your social media is you show up you are already being the person that has a big following and I think that is so inspiring and I love seeing that because a lot of what I learn is that you have to become the person that you want to be almost before you're ready and so what I see you doing on your socials is you are being like a a big social media star like the way you're showing up is so cool and like (laughs) it's awesome you know and so is that part of what you've learned or how do you is that again
1: like is that tell us how you do that (laughs) that is magic Um, definitely not what comes naturally to me that is definitely learned and it actually came from something that um actually blew my mind so as part of a coaching call we had um Courtney Wilder come on and she's all about birth charts and um your stars and your alignment and initially I was like I I can't identify with that like I've no, that's not me that's too hippie and as she was talking I was like no this is actually really interesting and then I kind of got really obsessed and looked into my own birth chart and since then um, I, it sounds really funny because like I didn't believe in it myself but now I'm like no I'm actually you know discovering that I need to be like the star sign of Leo which is out there and extravagant and this is basically what I'm trying to do now and yeah, I don't think I would have ever discovered that if Courtney wouldn't have talked about that and now, you know, I'm a converted now to birth charts and everything. Amazing. So is that, is it the same as human design or different? Oh, I have not heard of human design. I don't know.
0: So human design, so for human design reading, they use your day, place of birth and exact time and then and then you get this chat about same sort of thing like so you're a manifestor a generator a manifesting generator or reflector or there's all these different types and you know is it is it's probably similar to that is it like figuring out how you behave in the world
1: because of that yes yes sounds similar yes
0: yeah it's so fascinating i've been learning about that too and i think it's just it's just another tool too to understand more about yourself and how to express yourself in a way that's aligned with who you are it's beautiful
1: Absolutely. And I, yeah, like I said, it's definitely learned and I didn't, um, you know, I probably came to the point where I was like, you know, who cares what other people think. Uh, It was probably just the one instance I vividly remember I was doing a live and I was like, you know, just speaking from the heart. And then my auntie from overseas came on. Um, the life, and I saw her name pop up, and I was like, Oh my God, this is reaching overseas. Okay. And I, you know, ended up not being myself after that because I realized, Oh, hold on, this is actually reaching quite far. And, um, but after that, I was, yeah, if I am on my socials, like I, I feel like there's so much, you know, fakeness out there, and there's a lot of stylists out there that, you know, talk about how many ways you can wear a blazer. I mean, <laughs> I don't wear a blazer, you know, I can't really identify with that. So I feel like now, like, there's only one me, so I'm showing up as me, the quirky me, the the me who's out there. And initially I also have to say that um, I actually was hiding the fact that I was on a farm. I didn't realise how powerful my point of difference was being on the farm. Initially when I moved out here because I had the idea of obviously who I was before coming out on the farm, I initially didn't show anything from the outside because I felt, I don't know, embarrassed isn't the right word for it. But like, I don't know, I just didn't, I don't know, I felt like it was the wrong thing to do to show that I'm in the country. I felt like it was devaluing what I was saying or like who I was. And then, I don't know, it just came, you know, with self-development and the brand development that I was like, hold on. No, this is this is me. This is my point of difference. Like, this is what I should be celebrating and, yeah, since then i basically fully embraced who I am on the farm and, yeah, who I'm yeah going to be and what I'm striving for. Oh, I
0: love that so much. <laughs> that just makes my heart sing because it's exactly what, you know, what I love empowering women to do and it is the definitely the absolute magic of the online space. It's this beautiful synergy between... Becoming who you really are and feeling comfortable in who you really are, and doing the work on yourself, and then expressing it and showing up in your business in that way, and that actually is the gold of what your business is. Then, because you're not trying to be like anyone else, you're just being you. And how magical is that? Like, don't we all just want to be able to be ourselves at the end of the day? <laughs> Love that. that's right.
1: There's <laughs> only one of us, so might as well embrace it. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: right, and it is a beautiful point of difference too, because there's probably not many stylists that do live out. Well, I'm sure there's very few stylists that live out at Polyambley on a farm and do what you do and have your have your experience. And that is actually what we all love, isn't it? You know, and I know I love myself. It's different people. That's why I've, one of the reasons I started the podcast was to share stories of people doing different things and magical things. And we love that. We love the storytelling and the differences. So I think that's really, really special. So what else have you learned, like from and, you know, I love that you said that you've had to overcome fear and you've had to you've had to overcome the fear of judgment as well and, and what will other people think that is like a massive thing for most people. And you, you've been able to let go of that. Was there anything else? Was it really just that pivotal moment of being like, well, if I really want to step up, or has it been working with the coach, or what has really helped you to kind of push through that letting go of what people think? Do you think? Has it been the work with the coach?
1: Um I would say yes, like Heidi, really, you know, as you said, has that energy to draw you to where you should be or, you know, where you want to be but are afraid to go. And I feel like it was also just a lot of personal development, just accepting like, you know, I am here, I'm here for good, I love it here, but then also, you know, aligning as a person of who I am, not trying to fit in but being me. And so I would say it was a lot of self-development and then meeting Heidi at the right point in time and then also taking off the business um, basically into a new dimension that I didn't um, think was possible.
0: You know, that's something that I thought about that you said earlier, which I thought was really powerful, is that you changed, you know, and I think that's where a lot of us get trapped into thinking that, well, we've started this, we've got to stick to it because otherwise we'll be failing if we just, you know, we've said we've committed to this and it's kind of that old way of thinking and old conditioning that makes us in the masculine way of thinking that we have to stay doing what we're doing. But you were like, well, it's just not suiting me anymore. I'm going to change and diversify into making it online and how magical and wonderful that you did that and, and the more we can allow ourselves permission to just change and make it work for us, I think, the better. So I think that's a really important part of your story is that you're able to make it work for you. And and I would say you don't regret that at all, I would imagine, because now you're reaching so many more people.
1: That's exactly right. And something that you said before, like initially um, my brand name was Something Different. And then I was like, now, nah, like it aligns. There's crops on the farm and I love the sequins on my clothes. I'm just going to combine that. And it is funny, like people that are reaching out to me on um, in the suburbs or in the city, they don't actually get it. They're like, oh, it's crop tops, like as in the <laughs> short t-shirts. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is actually interesting. Like people who are around farming, they get it straight away and um yeah for others it takes a little bit longer
0: (laughs) again that you changed it was aligned with you and you just changed it and again this is another place that people get so held back oh but I've got to get the name right and oh but I've got to get it right it's like you can change you can change there are no rules and that is the beauty of developing a business of your own in this space is like you can do whatever you want you really like yeah, and don't let that stop you. I think is, and look what it's led to for you. Like if you had like stayed with what you were doing, or you hadn't changed the name, you know, you would probably would have stayed stuck in that spot. And here you are now with all this yeah. stuff happening. So, so what else have you got planned? Like, what's the next? Um, what's the next stages? Is that you know? Is it? Tell us more about the business. <laughs>
1: Well, coming on your podcast has been a major milestone and I'm super excited about that. that. (laughs) Um, But uh, more locally, on the weekend, I actually have my pop-up event. So... Back in August, I was um, planning a pre-life fashion event. So we don't have big shops around here. So it's like, you know, the women in town, they have clothes in their wardrobe that they don't sort of love anymore, but they're not ready for complete wardrobe detox just yet. So I put it out there. Again, I was very afraid, like, will I get anyone? But then people came to me, and they're like, oh, I've just donated all this stuff to Vinny's. I could have given that to you. And so what it actually is, is a 50-50 um, profit split event. So people give me their clothes and they can give it to me anonymously. So unless, um, unlike Facebook where, you know, put your name to it and you're like, oh, I'm selling this, can be quite daunting, especially in a small town. So I'm basically becoming the middle woman. And so currently, our spare room is basically turning into a little shop. Um, So people are giving me the clothes. I've tagged them all. And um, I had to reschedule because of COVID lockdowns. But on the weekend, it's finally happening. And I'm so excited. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we've got shopping in Collie.
0: (laughs) Oh, how fun. That'll be great fun. Yeah, I've been I saw you advertising that um, pre COVID. That looks like a lot of fun. So that's exciting. And then tell us I'm thinking two pieces of advice from you really one is like what's your advice for someone who's thinking about starting a business and like how would they get started and you know have you got any advice or something that you've learned along the way so far that would be helpful
1: Absolutely, and that would simply be just do it. Don't overthink it. Just put yourself out there. Don't think about the perfectly curated um, profile in terms of Instagram or Facebook. Just put yourself out there. You don't need a big following. So, again, something I've learned is don't chase numbers either in terms of followers. The right people will come to you. You attract your tribe. So don't worry about the numbers. You know, you'd rather have 500 people that are fully engaged than, you know, 10,000 that don't really like what you're doing. So even if you are, you know, finding that people unfollow you, well that's great because that leaves room for people that actually do love what you're doing. So, yeah, basic advice would be just do it. Don't be afraid, don't hold yourself back because you don't know where it's going to lead. Oh,
0: such good advice, just do it. Take action, you know, just because the overthinking is as soon as you slip into overthinking that's what holds you back, isn't it? I think that's fabulous 100%. And also great advice around the social media because absolutely, really, that if you're not there if you're not interested, just please unfollow. (laughs) I would so much rather that. We really just want people who just, you know, love you and want to hear from you. And it's it's everybody's choice who they follow, isn't it? So, yes, and I think that's really good advice as well. So what about for someone with their wardrobe? So say someone who's, you know, feeling a bit, oh, just I don't like any of my clothes, I've got no confidence, or where does someone start on their journey to kind of trying to, you know, is it with the confidence and the self-confidence piece or do they go and get a whole new wardrobe or what's your advice to someone who wants to start, you know, changing their wardrobe or wants to fashion themselves or, you know, go into that area for us. Tell us something that they can start.
1: Reach out to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> Reach out to me and, um, you know, often when we do work together, it's not about getting a completely new wardrobe. It's just identifying who you are. So often, you know, we have pieces because we obviously like them. That's why we bought them. So it's not about chucking out everything and just doing a complete refresh. There's 100% pieces in there that you already um, are going to, you know, love and really suit you. So don't be afraid that this is all going to be like a Vinnie's trip or a Salvo's trip. But it's about taking that first step to basically investing in yourself. And, you know, when you reach out to me, it's just going to be a message. I'm not going to be selling you um, the package straight away. It's about that connection. So, again, it's the first step, you know, just like opening your wardrobe, send me that message and let's start the conversation.
0: Oh, I love that. How good. Definitely get in touch. Um, And don't be like, yeah don't be shy get out there and, and, and that's the first step too isn't it? like if you're trying to start a business but also if you want to like you know reinvent your wardrobe like you know do it I would say because it can lead to so much more self-confidence too so love that now the other thing that I usually ask my guests is about their well-being practices I always love to see you know if it, and it doesn't matter if you don't have any well-being practices I just think part of what i love to do is normalize you know taking responsibility for your well-being and how you're showing up and i think an important part of having a small business is looking after you and you know this is an expression of you and all that stuff that we're talking about so i would love to know do you have any well-being practices that you use to kind of you know keep yourself strong not strong strong's not the right word but to keep your well-being intact i guess
1: (laughs) Yes, so I'm actually quite proud to say that I do because um, part of discovering myself and hitting a really low point was to, you know, put some practices into place. And it is actually when Archer's asleep, so he's currently asleep as well, sit on the couch and for 15 minutes just do nothing. Just lay down and don't worry about the dishwasher, don't worry about vacuuming, just sit down and just be in the moment because we get so caught up, like I could be doing 100 million things, but just 15 minutes. And honestly, at the start, it went from five, 10, 15. Like I couldn't couldn't do it. But it is so helpful to just, you know, take a breath. It's only 15 minutes. No one's gonna die. Everybody's safe. The vacuum's gonna be fine. It will still be there. So yes, that's been really, really helpful to just take a breath and take some time out and be okay that you can actually take 15 minutes
0: and mm, it's so true. It's giving ourselves giving ourselves permission and actually allowing ourselves to take that time, isn't it? And it is so important too, because especially as a mother and a business owner and all those sorts of things, it's really important to take that time for yourself. And I bet like, does the creative, do the creative juices get flowing when you're sitting there? Like, do you get all your ideas for that in that 15 minutes?
1: It that's where it all comes from. But actually that reminds me, there's something else that I do. And that is in terms of social media. I don't end up Um, Actually, that's coming back to another point that we were talking about before, but um, not posting every single day. So a lot of people have that strategy of making sure that you post every day and show up. And honestly, it is so much pressure to do that. So I ended up saying not on a socials on the weekend. I'm not going to show up on my stories. I can do that Monday to Friday. And then with Archer's dinner time actually being around the time where I should be posting according to Instagram, I was like, okay, I can do that every second day. And I'm still getting all the engagement that I need, but just putting some boundaries into place.
0: Mm, boundaries so, so important, aren't they? Doesn't that crack you up as well? Like six o'clocks, like a peak time on Instagram, but I'm like, Isn't that when all the mothers who are mostly on Instagram are doing stuff with their kids? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't don't get it at all. (laughs) No, I've never understood that one. But anyway, apparently we all have time to get on social media while we're getting dinner ready. But uh, no, I think that's um, great advice to have boundaries. So, so important is to have those boundaries in place, especially around social media. And that's a great wellbeing practice to do that. So thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for sharing all of your magic today. It has been so, so lovely. I, you know, I find you so inspirational in what you're doing. And I think your story is very inspirational to so many people because, you know, sometimes we can look at someone who's way down the track and has this huge social media following and we think, oh, well, you know, I'd love to be like that, but that'll never be me. And I think showing what you've done in in instilling you know well I think you told me you started the business in January you know and you've built this following you're growing the business you're showing up on social media in this beautiful way you're showing that it's possible from anywhere I think it's Mm. just so exciting so thank you
1: yeah thank you for having me and sharing my story I, I really appreciate that
0: Oh, I love it. And, um, yeah, thank you for doing the work that you do in the world and for empowering women. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, all the links and everything will be in our episode notes. It's Crops and Sequins on Instagram and we'll be following along on your journeys and, and your stories. And just thank you so much for your time today and for showing up and thanks for being you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Katrina. Thanks, Julia. See ya. Bye.